Welcome back to Roaming West River, the podcast that journeys through South Dakota's wonders. Get ready to embark on an exhilarating journey through the enchanting Badlands National Park in this thrilling podcast episode. Join us as we delve into the heart of this awe-inspiring landscape, uncovering its hidden treasures and untold stories. From the mysterious geological formations to the incredible wildlife encounters, this episode will transport you to a world unlike any other, leaving you yearning to pack your bags and experience the captivating Badlands for yourself. I'm Miranda. And I'm Jeff, coming to you from Piedmont. Angus is taking a nap after our hike this morning. (laughs) Right. So... Um, say, I noticed on your social media this morning, you've been very, very busy. I saw you've been out to Wall in the Badlands area, and I, I saw some footage on um, up, up in the Needles area where you had some of the Jeep stuff. So yep. maybe you tell the group on, um, especially Badlands later, you're, you're going to want to see these pictures because <laughs> it's hard to picture what we're going to discuss today, I it, think. Yeah, exactly. So I know I've mentioned before, I have a group of friends. We all teach together. So we're off in the summer, and over the last couple of summers, we kind of have a goal. And um, so in the past, we've had a goal to kayak or paddleboard every lake in the area. And we would just check them off and try them out. And we sometimes go back to the same ones over and over again. But about once a week in the summer, we get together and we do something. So the same group, we've done a few hikes lately. We hiked... Um, last Friday, we hiked Van Ocker Canyon, um, which is, is that Piedmont, Sturgis area? Sturgis. Sturgis to Nemo, if you go all the way through, or Nemo to Sturgis. Yes. So we hiked that. Um, that was a very pleasant hike. Uh, a lot of it, the work was on the back end of the hike. So sometimes that's a little, we were saying how we, we like to hike, do all the work at the first half of the hike, and then have a leisurely stroll back. But So we did that, and then we... We're talking about all the things we still wanted to do, and the Badlands came up, and Wall has a really wonderful annual celebration. So we decided to go to the Badlands and also hit Wall on the um, on the end of that. So we did the scenic loop of the Badlands. We stopped at the Ben Rifle Visitor Center, which is the first time I'd ever stopped there, and it was very crowded. I think it was about maybe three o'clock in the afternoon. So there were a lot of people in there, and that's kind of a small space. It but, is. It so, is. We'll, but, talk, we'll discuss that a little bit more because I, I know you weren't in there very Right, yeah. Long. We kind of walked through really quickly, and we took a picture. They had a sign that had, like, when they have their fossil talks and things like that. So we took a picture of that with the intent that we're going to go back. Um, so then we went to the wagon wheel, and we ate lunch there. And so I know you, the reason why we stopped at the wagon wheel is because of the times that you've mentioned it before. Right. Um, uh, the backside of the Badlands National Park, there is a small town of interior, maybe about 50 people. And uh, there are two saloons in the town, and one is called the wagon wheel. So Yeah, so we went in there and um, had lunch, had a great cheeseburger, um, and some really awesome... Um, Onion rings, too. Those were really nice. And then from there, we left and just continued on the scenic loop. We stopped a couple of times and really wouldn't call it a hike, but we got out and climbed some of the formations there. It was really easy going up those formations, but then coming down, that's such loose, smooth, like gravel that we were kind of shimmying down on our rear ends to keep we got from the falling. Saddle pass? Yep, saddle pass. Yep, that one and I tell people that all the time and sometimes we hike it, but it's it's not it 
it's a good hike to get up. It's fairly steep, but you do have to walk cautiously coming down. If you have walking sticks, mm -hmm. they may help. Or mm -hmm. the phrase up here for walking on snow and ice is walk like a penguin. Yes. And, and kind of make <laughs> yes. sure you look where you're putting your feet. Right, and, yeah. And then uh, one bit of advice I gave somebody one time when hiking that is, Take your phone out of your back pocket in case you go down on your bum, you're going to... That is a, yes, very good point to make. I got some kind of funny video of my girlfriends trying to slide down. Okay. Um, so, uh, and then from there, we just kind of traveled, kept continued on the scenic loop. We didn't see a lot of wildlife because of the time of day we were there. Um, but then we exited there. We got to the, you know, the area, it's the National Grasslands where you can boondock camp there. Buff Buffalo Gap National Grasslands. Yes, yes. So National Grasslands are pretty much the same thing as National Forests, but in prairie states like Nebraska and the two Dakotas, we have areas, they're National Grasslands. They're big open prairie, open to the public for hiking, hunting, fishing, and then sometimes uh, you'll see ran cattle in there and they'll, mm -hmm. like, like ranchers can lease those tracks for grazing. Um, but yeah, they're they're gorgeous out yeah there. we and we typically go there in the evening and then we just pack snacks and stuff and we stargaze out there um, it's very yeah. quiet even though there are other campers there everybody's very respectful or have been in the past couple of years that we've gone out there so we showed our friends um, that location as well just because it's one of our favorites then we went on into the town of wall and so last year we we attended the same annual celebration and rodeo and my husband absolutely loved it so at the beginning of the summer he started talking about the wall celebration at rodeo so he wanted to make sure we had that day blocked off nothing else can happen if it did not revolve around going to the rodeo so um, I didn't realize that this is the 116th year of this annual celebration it's a PRCA rodeo which is the largest rodeo organization in the world so it's a really big deal um, and it's small. It's a small little event, but it's so it was it was it was great. Last year we were there, and we actually saw a kid from Tennessee, from a small little ten, uh, Tennessee town called Kolioka. He was there participating in the um, the rodeo, and I. So he Kolioka has is a small town and has a school in the same school district that I started teaching in in, in Middle Tennessee. So that's Murray County, and anyway, I put a Facebook post out. Does anybody know this kid from Kolioka? Any of my teacher friends in Tennessee? And there was a couple that had taught him, like in third grade. Oh, so wow. it was really, it was awesome. Yes. So, oh, I was just going to say, small town South Dakota rodeo is a big deal. It's a very big and deal. We yeah. live in the big city of Rapid City, and it's still a big deal here. Mm -hmm. It's but small. T I mean, it's like summer is high school rodeo time. Yes, and, yeah. So. And we've attended some of our students' um, rodeo events throughout the last three years that we've taught here. So um, we love it. But anyway, it was, a, it was a great night for that. They had some of the events that we watched were um, team roping, saddle bronc riding, bareback riding, bull, ra bull riding, barrel racing. There was steer wrestling and um, some really, really great rodeo entertainers. So, And the, the announcer also said that South Dakota and I believe Texas are the only two states that recognize rodeo as their state sport. Yeah. Well, we have a state everything. We have, <laughs> honestly, we have just like most places have a state flower tree and so we have state soil and we have state really? grasses and state song and Teaching fourth grade, I used to know, I still know most of those, but 
Yes, we we have a state every a state rock, a state mineral. So do we? What so do you remember our state soil? From... I think it's loam. Like oh, isn't that a mixture? Loam is like you're the science and... teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I used to know more about soil science, but it's been a while since I taught that. So. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So yeah, it was a great night. It was fun. Oh, I So one of the things that I realized, and my girlfriend, so none of us grew up here. None of us are from here. We all now live here and teach here. But um, one of our friends just moved from Pittsburgh like six months ago. One is from North Dakota. One uh, lady is from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And so we just said we need to normalize being playing a tourist in our own town. You know, just, mm -hmm. just normalize it. Some of the... Some of the times I think locals think, oh, that's touristy. I'm not doing it. And you really miss out on so many wonderful, you know, things that we have to offer. So. It's a, a very good point uh, on that because I, when I taught fourth grade, sometimes you would mention things like Mount Rushmore. And you would be shocked the number of children that they've never been there and they live right here. Right. Or I went, when I retired, I went back several times. And the, my coworkers, so there were 10 of us in fourth grade in the building where I taught. And... I'd say, I'll do your field trips for you. You guys just get the bus and then I'll come in and I'll do the narrative first and then we'll go. Well over half those students had never been to the Badlands National Park and it's 50 miles down right. the road. Right, so, yes. So yeah. Yeah, I, and you know, we kind of started making a joke when we're hiking or kayaking or whatever we're doing, one of us will say, we live in a beautiful place, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's great to live here. Um, and wonderful to visit, but visit. So, yeah. Yep. All right. So um, today we want to kind of share with you folks. If you're coming here, this is a very unique place, Badlands National Park, and just tell you how you can do it on your own. It is not that difficult to do, particularly if you're driving to Mount Rushmore, coming from the east along I-90, or maybe you're going home to Badlands National Park. So it's about 50 miles to the east of Rapid City. So I'm just going to describe to Miranda what I do on that tour coming from Rapid City. If you want to do Badlands National Park on your way out here, you can just reverse this route that I'm going to tell you to do. So what we're going to do, Miranda, we'll go to Badlands National Park and I'll okay. talk you through the way I do it. And then we'll stop at uh, Minuteman Missile Museum. We had a lot of nuclear missiles in this area and there's a museum. They were removed in the early 90s, the START and the SALT treaties. And then we'll stop at Waldrug. And um, for our listeners, we, we plan to do an interview with um, people at Waldrug sometime this summer that will be released. And we will also do a Badlands 2. We're going to go interview our friend Paul and uh, Lydia, who work at the Ben Rifle, the Visitor Center. So you may have seen them yesterday. You just haven't been introduced yeah, to them yet. Yes, right. And uh, they will give us a lot more details on the fossils that can be found there and and kind of the hidden gems that we may not be privy to um, so that's coming up so we're just going to kind of do a, a tour today of the badlands so leaving rapid city we're going to go east and when we get to right off of i-90 exit 110 is the town of wall but it's also about six miles to badlands national park so badlands national park is 244,000 acres so that's, I've done the math, that's over 300 square miles of national park. So back in the 1930s, it was a national monument. And my understanding as a president can just wave his magic wand and say, that's a national monument. So the first national monument is to the west of us, Devil's Tower. 
And I believe to make it a national park, it takes an act of Congress. But they're all under the Park Service. They're all um, Department of Interior. I, I read something the other day that there are 424 national somethings, like seashores, grasslands, national parks, national monuments. There's a, a many, many, many of those. And I would say, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So, so when we're, we're entering Badlands National Park, when I'm doing the tour, I, I tell them how this was formed because the center of our country, our country today, at the time of the dinosaurs, this was an ancient inland tropical warm sea. And the Black Hills, where we're recording today, are very old, two billion years old. So we talked about that when we talked about Mount Rushmore. So it was once very similar to an island or peninsula, but as we go east, it, we go from this forest rocky area to massive amounts of grassland, the prairie, where it's generally very dry, so trees didn't grow. And the soil that is West River, a lot of that eroded off of the top of the Black Hills over a hundred million year period. And it's not fertile farm soil like we have in the east part of our state or over in Iowa and southern Minnesota. And so it's a lot of cattle, beef cattle, grazing to keep the grasses in place, cut down on the erosion. But the Badlands at, at, at way back millions of years ago, it was just erosion. So layers and layers and layers of soft sedimentary soil. And in terms of geology, it's all disappearing very quickly. So there's a film they used to show out there and, and they would say somewhere between 350 and 500,000 years from now, it'll all be gone. And so you cross the Cheyenne River, which comes out of Wyoming and goes around near hot springs in our south and it's actually flowing north to the Missouri River. And there's also the White River, which comes out of Nebraska. And there's the Bad River. Well, all three flow into the Missouri River. And when I crossed it the other day, I did a tour. I told them, I said, it's going to look like hot chocolate mm -hmm. because it's been raining so much. And when it rains or the snow melts, there's a heavy amount of erosion and the soil flows into those three rivers. And then all that sediment eventually goes down to the Gulf of Mexico. So again, I would encourage you find a picture of what we're talking about today. But it, it is a pretty cool thing as, as, you, as you come in to the park, you're, you're coming from north to south at that point, and you, you get to the gate, and if you have a national park pass, show them your pass or buy your day pass, whatever. Yes, because you do need a, a pass. Right. And a lot of national parks you don't need a pass for, but this one you do. Right. I think it's $30 and, or something. You know, as soon as you enter, while, while you're paying there, the, the people are, there's prairie dogs all over the place. And prairie dogs are rodents related to squirrels or rabbits. And they're very abundant out there in the holes. And, and you know, if they're from elsewhere, everybody, ooh, look at that, aren't they cute? And I always, oh, that's just what all the ranchers say, <laughs> right. which is not true at all. Yeah, the ranchers do not like having those around. In general. And there's different different viewpoints on that. Some people are big advocates, get rid of them. Some people, oh, they're part of the ecosystem and they're really like aerating the soil and their long-term is beneficial. and. I'm not in that business, so I just say, yes, they're precious, aren't they? <laughs> and, but, and then sometimes you will see some bison right there, sometimes you do not. But at this point, the people, they don't really see the badlands. Mm -hmm. And so as you go up this, this leap hill, and I said, okay, now get ready. And, and again, this is a place, I want to do this at 8 in the morning. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be there early morning. Because your first overlook is called the Pinnacles. 
And when you come over that road, you can see for 50 some miles out there and this exposed soil and some people describe it as the Grand Canyon. Some people say, oh, this looks like Bryce. Some people, and they're like, it looks like the Badlands. Mm -hmm. It's just so unique and so special. And I will never forget the first year I was doing tours and I had, it was 110 that day, so it can be quite warm. And I had these six ladies from somewhere back on the East Coast where they had a different sounding voice than mine. <laughs> and I remember this lady, oh my God, that is gorgeous. Look at that. And the other ladies, yeah, they were all, they all talked like that. And, <laughs> and they made me smile and they were very kind to me and very nice. And I just, every, everything I would show them, this lady would say, oh my God, look at that. And, and she's right. I mean, you have to. And I would encourage you on some of the, the, the film out there is called The Land of Stone and Light. And it really depends. Is it a bright sunny day? Is it a cloudy day? Is it morning light? Is it evening light? They, different places look very mm -hmm. different on that. So we stop at the Pinnacles. It's got a nice parking lot. It's got some of the finest outhouses in the park right there if you need to use a bathroom. And then there's a, a stairs where you can go walk these trails where the gravel trails and overlooks. And some of the wildlife you often see this time of year would be the bighorn sheep, the females, okay. and then their little lambs. And it's amazing, you know, you, you got to look for them because they're sort of a gray, brown, tan, and so is the soil they're resting on over there. And so if you can spot them, point those out. So they take a little walk around, lots of pictures. You can, you can literally look back, and if it's a clear day, those are the Black Hills. And you mm -hmm. can look over and see point okay that's hot springs out there that peak right there that is near mount rushmore that's where rapid city is and then you explain that most of the sediment that's there came off the top of the black hills so in our i think in an earlier podcast we talked the black hills once were twice as high as what yes, they are today right well and then the other thing i like to point out because that first stop is called the pinnacles which is the highest point in the park and you turn and point to it and then you point to the horizon where it's all disappearing say this was all filled in at that higher than this level at one time and now the three rivers are carrying those sediments away mm -hmm. so once you kind of get that education of how this came to be now we're on a quest to find a ram mm -hmm. you know the the male sheep and they're like the bison and most of the big mammals, they're not good fathers. They don't help raise the children. And so they're not gonna be spotted as easily at this time of year. In the fall they are, because now they're coming around to see, you know, what the girls are up to. <laughs> and then, uh, anyway, so then we continue on the paved road that goes through the park. Now, by the way, we the, much of the park is down on reservation, which is, that's open to public too. Post-pandemic, they're open again. But most people are doing what we're talking about today, the, the North Loop, um, that, that is a paved loop that takes you from Wall and then comes out on the interstate about 21 miles down the road. Right, and so, I, I do want to point one thing out because I've seen it pop up a few times in some of the Facebook groups that I follow. The reservations are not tourist attractions. They're not for tourists to um, go find things on right I mean it's it's big and it's vast the part of the Badlands they have a visitor center on the reservation it's called White River Visitor Center and it's just it's it's good I mean it has a lot of stuff on Native Americans down there it has things about the massacre at Wounded Knee mm -hmm. of 1890 
and it, it's got a great thing called the medicine wheel uh, which uh, we hope to get a, a, a interview with a somebody near Wounded Knee later mm -hmm. this summer, Matthew, and he, he will tell that much better than I. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as just roaming around the reservation to look at things, you know, that's it's it's open to the public, but it's vast mm -hmm. areas, and so some people want to go see Wounded Knee. Well, it's a long way to go see one thing. Right, and, yeah. And then the visitor center is a ways from that. So I have, we actually have tours that do that. Um, I don't mind doing it, but the story of Wounded Knee in and of itself is a horrible tragedy, mm -hmm. um, horrible stain on U.S. history and then, then a sore spot with Native Americans, but it's a long way to see this one thing. Right, yeah. Is, is I'll, I'll leave it at that and then try and remember where we were now. So, so anyway, after <laughs> we visit the, uh, the, the Pinnacles, then I continue on the loop. And then the next valley has a layer of yellow. So all the layers have various names. Mm -hmm. So the very bottom layer that you really don't see in the park because all the sediment is on top of it, it's called the pier. Our state capital is not Pierre, it's pier. Pier, is that the black layer? It's the black sandy. Okay. So when you cross near the Cheyenne River Valley, like there's a truck stop, or I mean a rest stop there, you can see it and it's like sand mm -hmm. and it's pure shale and it was the bottom of the ocean. Well, you see it in the river valley because that's much lower than where the Badlands are. But just above that, there's that yellow layer and that's called the Yellow Mounds, which um, actually is the top portion of the pure shale. And um, But in this valley, I stopped there for photographs and if it hasn't rained recently, you can walk on it. So you can hike literally anywhere you want in the Badlands. There are some places you probably shouldn't just for safety reasons. Um, there was a fellow last year that, that died out hiking in the heat and he got lost and um, it was horrible. I know the first summer I was here, someone had to be rescued by helicopter. Right. They had fallen, so. Right. So it's not, it's not quite the Grand Canyon. You're not anywhere you're gonna fall for miles and miles, but there are places where I tell people, hey, it's really easy to get down there. It's very difficult to get out. Don't go past this spot. Right, yeah. And most people listen to me. But there was a guy last year that the helicopter had, I saw it in the paper, mm -hmm. they had, he couldn't get out. So, yeah. So, yeah, you don't want to be that guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so anyway, that valley is on the North Loop. That's the only place you really see that yellow mound. There are other places in the park you can find that layer. But again, the morning light, generally, you know, people want their picture taken there and you, you've got all these other um, layers as well. And we continue along that, that route and then there's plenty of places to pull over. Look at this, look at that. There is a place, uh, there's a valley called Bigfoot Pass. So Chief Bigfoot was a name soldiers gave him. His real name was Spotted Elk. He, sadly, was a leader of a group that was trying to leave a reservation up where Sitting Bull was killed, and he was taking his people down to the south where Red Cloud was, and they were intercepted by the 7th Cavalry and, and killed at um, the massacre at Wounded Knee. So I think that entire story we'll save later for when we interview Matthew and... Um, that but you go through that so sometimes I will I tell people that story on the tour because oftentimes before I learned to do this people would say oh look at that Bigfoot and they're thinking the legendary Sasquatch. Yeti or yeah. Sasquatch or something like that so now I tell the story ahead of time because 
it was a horrible, horrible incident, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want people laughing at that. Right, so, right. Uh, then we, we get to an area that's called, I call it the fossil talk and fossil walk, but it's called the fossil trail area. And if you can be there at 10.30 in the morning, in the summer, uh, they used to do this before COVID and now they've started again. One of the rangers comes out with a whole suitcase full of various fossils and some put it on the table that's there. And there's a little uh, overhead to get you out of the hot sun. And they do a whole talk on fossils and many of them are casts or, or models. And some are actual fossils that you can touch and, and the kids love it. And uh, I've seen people much older than children and they love it too. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. Right. And the rangers do a great job telling the stories and try and paint a picture that there were, they don't find dinosaur fossils in the Badlands because it was underwater at mm-hmm. the time of the dinosaur. But the age of mammals that came after that you know, dating back to, say, 70 million years ago or so. They, they do a great job with that, and they're constantly finding new fossils because this place is eroding so quickly that it just keeps exposing things. So uh, the last, I was there the other day, and Paul was the name of the fellow that came out to do that talk, and he's he's got a cute sense of humor, and, and uh, I, I enjoy it very much, and the folks were glad that we stopped. So that takes place about 10.15, 10.30 or so, and I will have to check when we go out there. But they, maybe they do it a couple times a day. And then um, we continue on the loop around, and you're looking at all these beautiful formations, and then we like to stop at the Visitor Center, which is named after Ben Rifle, who was Native American, who served in the U.S. military, Lieutenant Colonel. He was a congressman from South Dakota and also was the head of Bureau of Indian Affairs at one time. And then also at Ben Rifle, you mentioned the stargazing earlier. Mm-hmm. So at the Visitor Center in the evening, they have their own little amphitheater there and they'll set up with telescopes. And I learned a new term a few years ago, ambient light, oh. which is light pollution is mm, what most yes. of us say. Yep. And um, they'll let, you know, they'll, they'll help you look at these things. And that's, that's right there in the park. Uh, so at Ben Rifle, there, there is uh, the front desk, which is very helpful, giving you maps and suggesting things. There are exhibits there on how this was formed. There's a little um, small TV screen with a, with a loop on it that goes over a 100 million year period. So it shows starts when it was underwater through the uplift of the Black Hills, and then the uplift of the Rockies, the sea drains away, and so on. So that's, that's a nice visual you know, if you're if you're not a great auditory processing person, mm-hmm. the visual can help you with that. The real gem there in the summer is what I the, they call the fossil prep lab. So generally, that that is open until four, and I believe Ben Rifle then closes at five, four four thirty something like that. So get there early. Have you ever done the stargazing? I have never there? done it. So our friend Joe, who did the the uh, Crazy Horse one, mm-hmm. he he has done that with with people. Um, okay. It's 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 a little tough to offer that as a tour because you don't know is it going to be cloudy that day? Is it going to be right. rainy? So if you're going to do that on your own, just check the weather and say, hey, we're going to do this tonight. It right. looks clear. Um, but the fossil prep lab, they have people right there, and they don't like it if you say, oh, are those dental tools? Because they <laughs> but but they're using these small tools to clean the fossils. There's video screens there, so with magnification. They love to talk about their stuff. They usually have signs there. And then there are our fossils. 
And later when we interview Paul and uh, Lydia, we'll have them tell you about Kylie, the seven-year-old girl who stumbled on this rare find and did the right thing and filled out a form. You're not supposed to pick up fossils right. or take things from the park. So that would be kind of um, important to know when you go out there. Don't, right. don't be picking things up. And if you do find what you think is a fossil, you take a picture, look at where you are on your GPS thing, and then you go to Ben Rifle and fill out a form and let the experts um, investigate this for you. And they'll They'll let you know if they found anything there. Right. Um, but Kylie is kind of the big hero out there. We'll let them talk about that one. So then after Ben Rifle, um, we'll, we will have done lunch somewhere in the park. As we're leaving that direction, there is another area I like to pull into, and it's called the door and the window and the notch. There are three different trails. So if you are not much of a hiker or your, your mobility is limited, you want to do the window. It's just a short little trail and you come up and it ends and you look out through this formation like a hole in it and you look out across the Badlands. Mm -hmm. if, you like, if you like to touch it experience, I always have people, come on, let's do the door. Mm -hmm. And it starts off as a artificial decking trail and then there's a steps that goes down and then there's there are 12. Well, we mentioned this when we were hiking with Jay, the right. door trail. So I'll yes. skip that. But that's a great trail to walk out and be there and get pictures to send to your print. Mm -hmm. And people say, this is like being on another planet. Mm -hmm. And or I feel like I'm and it's it's really interesting. I, I mean, love the gorgeous. notch. Yeah, the notch trail. I've done that one before and I really enjoyed it. I did it when there was still snow on the ground. So it was a little mushy, but it was great. We had hiking boots on. I would love to do that one again when there is is not snow on the ground but I think I will wait into the fall because it's yeah. so hot in the Badlands in the middle right. of the day and right. the summer it's early morning and then the, all of these hiking things or you when you stop to look at things if it has rained recently if you see puddles on the ground this is very very soft um, sandstone and you don't want to step in this. I've seen, you know, you, you'll see it out mm -hmm. there sometimes. It's dry, but you'll see where people have walked when it was mm -hmm. wet. And then up to their ankles in, right. in Jambalaya. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. But you do have to watch for, pay attention to um, where you're putting your foot because you don't want to step on a snake, a rattlesnake. And also there's lots of little cacti and things out there as well. So. Right. And the cacti had blossoms not too long ago. So there were some yellow ones and red ones and pink ones. And then um, as... As you get back in your car after you've done your hike and you exit the park, you're at exit 131 right at I-90. And then right there is the Minuteman Missile Museum. And we can talk more details later. But the nuclear missiles, Minuteman missiles, went in the 1960s. They replaced the larger Atlas and Titan rockets. And so there were six places where these were located, and this is one of six the START and the SALT treaties, then we reduced our nuclear missiles with the Soviet Union, Premier Gorbachev. And today, we they're Minuteman 3s, but they are located, um, they're in Minot, North Dakota, Maelstrom, Montana, and F.E. Warren down in Wyoming. So there's about 400 of those today. But And then you can go, now you get back on the interstate and you're heading west, like you're going to go back to Rapid City, but you're right heading to the town of Wall to see Wall Drug. Mm -hmm. And at exit 116, from the hours of 9 to 3, there's a nuclear missile silo with a dummy missile in it, painted white so you can see it with a glass cover. So if you're there from 9 to 3, you can go look at this. It was a real missile silo at one time. 
and there is a number you can call and it will give you tour information on what is it and you listen to your phone or you can listen to me if I'm with you and I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit about it. And then um, then we're gonna pull into the town of Wall. So we're not gonna do a whole lot of details on Wall today because we're gonna do that on another one. But the town of Wall gets its name. It sits up on a wall of the Badlands, a formation. And the town was established, I think 1907. Is this on the right? 1906, 1907. The town is famous for the drugstore. So the original little pharmacy, I, we just looked at Wikipedia and they were wrong on something. They <laughs> said wall drug came to be in 1931. Well, that's when the people who own it now, their grandfather, so Ted and Dorothy Husted were the people, they bought it in 1931. And some, there was a drugstore there because right on the drugstore, it says 19, it doesn't say anything. It reads 1909. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they were a young couple. So real briefly, uh, he was a pharmacist. She was a high school English teacher. And so when they bought it in 1931, at the, the, the depths of the depression was going on and the town was only like 200 some people. Well, this is a ranching farming community. And so in the 1920s, you had this agricultural depression. So farmers were really hit hard by the Great Depression because they've already been in a depression for quite a period of time. And so they buy this drugstore, they move to this small town where there isn't much money left there and things did not go well for them. Well, a few years later, she came up with the idea to market, like to have him put signs along the highway, uh, it was Highway 14, that read free ice water. And so people began to stop on their way out to see Mount Rushmore or maybe they're going further to Yellowstone. And they became very successful Eventually, they acquired the property where it is today. The original pharmacy was moved in there. And so I don't know if it's the original, but I like to think this was the original mall because mm -hmm. now you got the jewelry store and the fudge shop and the bookstore and the restaurant that holds 530 people. And there's the Traveler's Chapel, which the I chapel. love. The love, love. And, and then uh, out back, you got the, the jackalope where you can put the little kids on it and take their picture and the bucking bronco and there's a stuffed bison and a, there's a big T-Rex inside that other building in the back. And so I think we'll kind of leave it there. So that's an easy self-turn. Now, if you're coming from the east, just reverse everything. See the mm -hmm. Missile Museum. Enter 131, do the door trail, and just take the loop the other way. Mm -hmm. It's just, I like it this way, morning light. Mm -hmm. And then in the afternoon when the heat of the day, now we're inside at Ben Rifle at the Missile Place and Waldrug. Gets crowded at Waldrug in the afternoon mm -hmm. this time of year. Mm -hmm. But like anything, tourist out here. Now, the one thing I'm going to kind of end this on and turn it back to Miranda here is, this, this is amazing to me. So average attendance at Mount Rushmore is like 3 million people a year. Mm -hmm. Badlands National Park is like 900,000. So if we get 300 million people a year come here, there's 2 million that don't do that. And yes. I just, this is like my, it's, it's like saying this is my favorite child. You don't really say <laughs> that. But of the tours I do, uh, this one is very special to me. So the, right. I, I think I told you earlier, the first year I did this, I'm like, oh, look at the bighorn sheep. So I was, that was my time to be the Pollyanna and the wide-eyed <laughs> and everything. And so a whole group of female bighorn sheep went went by one day and I said, oh, there they are. And I'm, I was there the next day and all of them had these tiny little lambs. Like they all had babies mm -hmm. on the same day. And so then 
I could tell people, those are 12 days old. You know, and I'd be yeah. there, because I, I did it like 20 straight days back that first year. And the bighorn sheep, um, actually, this is kind of a sad thing, they, they were introduced in the 1960s. The original sheep in the park were called Audubon sheep. And like many things out here in the, on, on the planet, they are extinct now. And we killed them off, and I think somewhere around 1925, they thought they were gone. Mm-hmm. And somebody spotted Ram and it's kind of a scramble to be the guy to shoot the last one, which is wow. a sad thing I'd Very. share with people. Yeah. But the bighorn sheep, um, y- you can see them if, if you, you know, generally, mm-hmm. they're wildlife. If you're there in the middle of the day and it's 110, you may not see them. They're right. cooling off somewhere. So anyway, Miranda, yeah. that's, uh, that's kind of how we do the Badlands. So. Gotcha. Um, well, and one thing I wanted to point out, too, I just stumbled across on Disney Plus um, America's National Parks. It's a National Geographic series, and they do have an episode on the Badlands. Um, Garth Brooks narrates all of those, and he has a wonderful voice, so it's it's a very entertaining episode, the Badlands. The Badlands one, it's 45 minutes long, but some of the things that I didn't realize was how that, that they mentioned in the, the National Geographic uh, episode there was how complex the prairie dogs language was communication and so um i just recommend if you're going to come out here to the badlands that check that out especially if you have little kids like i said it's only 45 minutes so it's not um too long i mean maybe it is a little long for kids maybe you could watch it in a couple sections but it's a great episode to prep yourself for what you're going to see and have some information or some facts already going into it so yeah sounds good all right. Well, thank you again, Jeff, for sharing your knowledge with us. You are you are definitely a wealth of knowledge on all of these things. And um, I think it's also very evident how much you love the Badlands. I do. It's, it's, a, it's, I, I'm just so surprised that again, 3 million come to see this, but right. they don't go there. They, it's, it's a must see or, or I the other so one. Too. And I, uh, I will give credit to my boss, Rich, on this one. So if, if they, people call and we say, oh, we want to see this, this, and this, and he will tell them, are you driving here? He goes, mm-hmm. do you want a map on how to self-guide through? And people sometimes like, okay, what are you selling here? Mm-hmm. Nothing. We'll tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, well, yeah. I just did. <laughs> right. Oh, and one thing I want to point out, I did do a little research while you were um, talking there. Loam, what? L-O-A-M, <laughs> is a mix of sand, silt, and clay. Okay. And almost equal portions. Okay. So I kind of thought it was, I knew it was a mix of something. So. Okay. Well, when we sign off here, I'm going to teach you all the other state symbols. <laughs> right. All right. All right. As we bring this captivating journey through Badlands National Park to a close, we want to thank each and every one of you, our dedicated listeners, for joining us on this adventure. Exploring the breathtaking Badlands and the rest of West River has been a truly remarkable experience. And we are humbled by your support and engagement throughout the beginning of our Roaming West Rivers podcast series. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. And may the spirit of the Badlands continue to inspire your own adventures in the wild. Be sure to check out our social media platforms and website for some amazing images of the things we've talked about today. And just as a side note, most of the photos and videos you'll see are ones we have personally taken as we adventure through West River with you. Sometimes we have to get historic photos, which obviously we did not take, but we have gotten permission to use. Thank you again for being part of our adventure. Roman, friends. Roman, thank you, Miranda. She does all the pictures. <laughs> <laughs>